You're listening to episode 101 of the Mud Stories podcast, a podcast dedicated to bringing you inspiration in your muddiest moments, hope to make it through your mud, and encouragement for you to know that you are never, ever alone. I'm so glad you're here, and today we're going to be talking about walking through some muddy places in our parenting, and Jim and Lynn Jackson are here to help us along the way. Now, since 1993, Jim and Lynn have worked in the trenches with parents of all kinds, single parents, adoptive parents, parents of teens, parents of kids with behavior challenges, parents with blended families, just any other kind of parent you can possibly think of. They are coaches and speakers, teachers, and the authors of a wonderful book and online course entitled Discipline That Connects. And that's really what we are all longing to do, to love and guide and connect with our kids. And as a mom of five, I'm so very glad they're here. Jim and Lynn, I'm extending a huge welcome to you today. Thank you so much for joining us. We are excited to join you, and we certainly have our own mud experiences as a part of our credentials. <laughs> well, I was trying to remember, my mom used to say this thing about me and mud all the time. I was trying to remember what the saying was, so we're a good fit for your show. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know what? Come on into the mud with us. we That's where we hang out in this place, so I'm so I thankful. Well, I'd love it if you'd introduce yourselves to all of us, tell us about Connected Families and maybe how you got started doing what you do. Yeah. Well, we came, I suppose there's, 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 uh, connected families is this one thing that Lynn and I have joined our lives together to do after being married and having a family. And, uh, uh, really everything we've done in life, I think God used to point us toward this. I was a, a youth pastor in a church and then a, a, a worker in a youth outreach center for high risk kids for 12 years. Uh, um, and along the way became a, a father and my, my thoughts, I always wanted to be a dad. And then when I became a dad, I realized it wasn't nearly as easy as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so that's a little bit of, of my part. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I come to this by, uh, being an occupational therapist, working with children with sensory and behavioral challenges and lo and behold, discovering that I had my own children with sensory and behavioral challenges. Uh, our kids are filled with sensory sensitive sensitivities and ADHD genetics and all that stuff. And so we had an interesting time in our years of parenting. Well, and then I see on your website, you list yourself, Jackie, as a ESFJ. Yes. Uh, so you, you, you know, the Myers-Briggs. Well, I'm an EN, I'm, I'm an ENFP on the strong side. Lynn is a ISFJ, less strong, but, um, you know, the thing about opposites attract, yes. Uh, yes, they attract, but they also get in a lot of fights and <laughs> try to figure things out together. And, and uh, the Lord gave us the gift of, of doing that work in a way that we've been able to write some things and create a ministry and share from our learning in a way that's blessed a bunch of parents. And so we're just stewards of that. Oh, I love it because it's so needed. And I think parenting is that thing where you look so forward to it. And then when it arrives, you're thinking, um, how can I recognize this as a gift? You know, so much of it yeah. is a gift, but so much of it is um, really refining our own hearts. And that mm-hmm. is so painful. Talk about mud, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. We love a quote um, by Julie Barnhill who said, God didn't give you your child so you could fix them or whip them into shape. God gave you your child to make you more like Jesus. <laughs> oh, it's so true. So true. And yet that is a struggle that some of us never even acknowledge, you know, and it gets us hung up in all kinds of um, trip ups with our kids and interacting with them. Mm -hmm. Um, I know with my, the ages that my kids are, we are so busy with all the things going on that sometimes connecting is such a challenge. And I love that your um, website includes that word connected because I think at the core of who we are as human beings that's really what we long to do as adults but even our kids long to connect too and there's often a disconnect when we go about interacting with them um, in the wrong way or with the wrong expectations so Mm -hmm. I thought maybe we could start there with our expectations as parents and how the framework that you all have 
identified can help us in a starting place of Mm -hmm. beginning to set our expectations in our parenting so that we don't wake up one day and wonder why in the world am I here with these kids? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I think that's a good segue to something we love to do if it makes sense. And we, we would sure like to do it here. Um, because you're right. Parents have expectations. They have great intentions for their kids. And it's, and, and, um, poor parenting is not usually for lack of good, uh, intentions, it's for lack of an understanding of how those good intentions tend to land on kids. And so we, we, we like to play that out in the form of a role play uh, and just see if we're connecting uh, with our audience in terms of uh, something that they can relate to. So you know your audience best. And so why don't you – Lynn and I are going to do a role play. One will okay. be a parent. One will be a child. We'll choose based on sort of the nature of the role play who's going to do what. Uh, or, or you could tell us okay. if, if your audience is, if your audience is mom heavy, then maybe Lynn could play the parent. Otherwise I can play the parent, but what's the average age child you think is represented by your audience? Well, I think anywhere between maybe fourth grade and high school, you know, I know that's a broad spectrum, but definitely not yeah. smaller kids. And I, you know, I was, as you were talking, I was thinking of the scenario really, as our kids become more independent and they become, you know, launching into adolescence, even the yeah. the tweens or the the teens yep. really wanting to pull away from uh, our connectedness that we've already established with them. Or maybe we've made mistakes along the way and there's this, you know, animosity growing or whatnot. Sure. But that situation where, you know, maybe a scenario could be I walk into a room where my, you know, 14-year-old daughter is sitting on the couch doing whatever she's doing. And I have this great idea of how I want to spend time with her or tell her about something. (laughs) And um, I have drawn up in my mind, oh, I can't wait to tell her about this. This is going to be great. We're going to have a conversation. I set all these expectations about how connected we're going to be. Yeah, right. Because I've been used to connecting with a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old, a nine-year-old who's adored me. And now some shifts and changes are happening, kind of like a light switch is turning on. And I'm feeling as a mom, you know, when I walk into that room and I don't get the reaction, like I get dismissed or I get an eye roll or I get a whatever, you're so not cool. And my heart feelings get hurt. And then I respond by feeling disrespected or unloved in a harsh tone. And it just spirals down and ends up being such a disappointment. Maybe you can speak to that. That's a lot to unpack. Sure. Well, that's a bunch of things, but uh, uh, sounds like um, a relatable for you. Yes. <laughs> and and B, you know, we talk to a lot of parents, and these are the kinds of things parents say. So we'll set this scene up. Um, Lynn wants to be the child. I'll be the parent. Uh, so so uh, I'm I, and you know, for dads, it's a little different. But you know, I'm I'm a relational dad. I want to connect Just with right. my kids. Yeah. I've, I've been to this workshop. You have a uh, strong feminine side. I have a yeah. <laughs> That's right. I'm a man with a strong feminine side. <laughs> um, and uh, relationship is important to me. Connecting is important. Uh, 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 and my, I, I'm scared a little bit but that my 14-year-old daughter is pulling away. So I'm feeling really motivated today to come home from whatever it is that I'm coming home from. Uh, and I walk into her and I know that she's, uh, you know, hangs out after school uh, in the den in our house and uh, takes in a TV show or two and uh, is on her phone maybe with some friends, 14 years old. Kids have smartphones now, right? Yes. So, um, um, yeah, I'm going to come in with all these good intentions, and then and then I'm going to do what we f- hear parents say they do, and we'll see how that goes, and then we'll talk about that for okay, a little bit. Okay, sounds good. Can't wait. So, um, so I come home from work. I got my own. I got my smartphone out myself, but um, I, I take care of business, and I shut her down, and I go into the room. <sighs> And I'm I'm a little anxious because I don't know how this is going to go. It's a little bit of a new approach, and I and I start. Hey, hey Lynn. Hey, Lynn. Wait, uh, Lynn. Hey, uh, what? Well, honey, I'm home. Oh, hi. Honey, I'm home. Hi. Oh, honey. <laughs> just look at me like you used to. Remember? Remember Dad. when I used to come home? Our little greeting. <laughs> I love you. I'm no you love me. We're a five. happy family. Uh, honey, I know, but I love you so much. I'm just trying here. Mm-hmm. So, I so, can tell, and it's painful. Lynn, why, would you put that smartphone down and turn the TV <sighs> I'm off? Just I'm just a friend. Honey, I just want to connect with you here. I'm your dad. I love you, and I still care about you and your life. Can you at least give me a little something here? Maybe a minute. <sighs> 
Lynn, I was hoping maybe we could have a little special dad-daughter time like we used to. Please. I'm just in the middle of a show and you come barging in all meaty. Oh, my goodness me, oh my. (sighs) You and your TV shows. And who are you texting anyway? You you can't put that thing down. What do you mean it's not my business? I pay for that phone. Oh, Dad. Don't you get awed, Dad, and snarky with me. I just come in here with a desire to (sighs) say hi to my daughter and connect with you a little bit and maybe have a dad-daughter date. And this is the treatment I get. (sighs) I'm just trying to text my friends. (sighs) All right, I give up. I give up, Jackie. Now what? Oh, my goodness. I think you were at my house yesterday. I think you've been here. Jim, help a girl out. This is this is, this is is happening all over the world. Yeah, it is. Oh. So, and, and, and parents come to us, uh, you know, frequently. Uh, we've got one coach that specializes in working with, with parents of teens, and I've done a lot of it, and, and Lynn has too, and... They come to us and they say, here's how it goes. And here's, I mean, what's wrong with wanting to connect with my child? And what's wrong with wanting her to put her phone down? And what's wrong with wanting her to turn the TV off? And so on and so on. And the answer is nothing is wrong with that. That's Those are good intentions. The question isn't, what are the good intentions? The question is, how's that landing on your daughter when you go about trying to get them met? Right, right. So, so I mean, we already saw, and and we should talk about a few more, but for parents to list out, what well, so what are my intentions? Mm-hmm. Am I aware of what they are, and have I taken those to the Lord, and is, is that the right list? So based on what you saw or heard Lynn and I doing just there, uh, if you focus on me, the parent, in that role, and identify yourself as a parent, you know, and, and just in one word answers, what list would you make of my good intentions based on what you just heard? Well, I think you're you're longing to get into her world. You're walking into the room with um, a cheery greeting, um, unfortunately interrupting her, which <laughs> is yeah. part of the problem. But um, I th- I think some of the self messages that we set up in our expectations are related to our own needs being met. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, and there's a, so let me stop you there though. There's a bunch of that, and that's important to get at. But but before we get to that, which okay. is sort of a deeper layer, let's stay on the surface for a minute. Um, and I'll I'll ask the question even more more concretely. Based on what I said, based on your relating to this, what are the things I want for Lynn uh, in terms of um, what values matter to me about her life? What do I want her to value? What do I want her to learn? What do I think? Uh, what do I want for her to value as important? Well, I want her to value talking to me. And talking to a parent. Interacting with interacting. me, putting aside her life that she has going on and and yeah, putting so, me so as a priority. Of another human. So I want her to I want her to be respectful. I want her to listen. Right. I want her to be responsive. I want her to be able to get out of her shoes and into mine. Right. Empathy, connection. I, I want her to empathize. Yeah. I want her to connect. Uh, I want her to put down her smartphone. I want her. I want her to have some self control. Right. Right. I mean, that's a that's yes. a list. That those are good things. Those are things we ought to want to teach our kids. The, those are things we ought to want to impart as values. So let's put that list on the on on the left side of our brains here for a minute. <laughs> okay. And then let's go to the right side of our brains and ask a different question. <clears throat> and that is, if you're Lynn. Uh, based on my good intentions to 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 accomplish the things in that list, if you're Lynn right now and you're getting message messages from me about who you are uh, that begin with the words Lynn, you are this that or the other thing. Not not what are my intentions for the messages she's getting, but through Lynn's lenses, what messages is she getting from me about who she is? Lynn, you are blank. You are needing to stop everything you're doing and pay attention to me. Mm-hmm. I'm the most important. Um, so your agenda is less important than mine. You are less important than me. Right. Um, you are not spending your time like I think you should. I think you should pay attention to me right now. That might. So be you are unwise. Thing. You are unwise or or imprudent in your time use. Mm-hmm. You are um, watching things or doing things that aren't very full of substance. Mm. They're just not so that you- important. So you are lacking judgment. You are lacking substance. You are, yeah. Yeah. Right? Right. <clears throat> Which so, aren't even intended to be implied, but no. I can see, there's, see. So there's the thing, right? Yeah. We've got good intentions, mm-hmm. and then we're doing something we don't intend to do, and mm-hmm. the things are miles apart. Right. And that's what we call the big disconnect. Yeah. This is why we suggest that an idea 
called discipline that connects versus discipline that disconnects right. uh, is at the heart of what we're trying to do here. So between between what we're wanting to do with our good intentions and what our kids are actually getting from us is a big gap. And again, before we ask ourselves the question, well, what should I do about all of this? We have to attend to what's in the gap. Um, and, you know, what's in the gap, and you alluded to this earlier, is me. Yeah. It's my needs. It's my insecurities. It's 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 how I come kind of to the interaction full of my own baggage of mm-hmm. I really want this to go a certain way. And if I don't, I'm going to be disappointed and sad. Mm-hmm. And that that just becomes sort of a burden on our kids because it's like they're managing their own ups and downs of emotions through the, you know, these years. And uh, then they're managing ours on top of it. Right. <laughs> well, and it's somewhat self-protective to displace our frustration and our unmet things onto it being their fault that they're not, they're not coming to this situation with what I need. It's their yep. problem. They're bad. They need more discipline. Mm-hmm. They, I need to control them. I need to manage them. What has right. this come to? I must have done a bad job before. I feel bad about how I parent. You know, and you yeah. spiral right. down, you go. So, and, and you, yeah. you seem very in touch with all this stuff that's in the gap. It's, and we tell parents, um, we want to make our kids responsible for all of this, but um, we need to make us responsible too. Ugh. And and facing that fact takes some real courage and bravery. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's where some of us as parents check out. We're like, too yep. hard, not willing to. Yeah. We, we want the benefit of the connected <laughs> discipline, therapy. right? We want the benefit of what we want, but we don't yep. want to do the hard work of looking and examining our own hearts and what we might be bringing to the table that's um, causing the disconnection. So I would love if you would help us break that down as far as how do we begin in a moment like that to pause and calm and start to, you know, know and recognize and identify what our self-limiting thinking is, Mm -hmm. what our beliefs are, are, you know, in error in and the work that we need to do not only in the moment right there with the child or the teen, but uh, apart from them, some strategies we could do to prepare. Because mm-hmm. I, know yeah. you, I know you have that too. Well, we do. But before we get to the strategies, we still have to dig a, a little bit deeper. Okay. <laughs> so in this, in this gap where I am with all the things that we've been talking about, the, the baggage, the stress, the, the fear of the future, uh, you know, all those things, there's, there's one more thing that we point parents to. And as complex and complicated as all this sounds, we've found that, that um, when we invite parents to, to be intentional about something new, uh, it tends to simplify all this complexity. And what I mean by that is that um, we invite parents, rather than having a primary goal of managing the value development and the behavior of their kids, um, we invite parents in the gap to say, I need to be intentional about something different than I've been intentional about before because what I've been intentional about isn't working. What's that thing? I need to be intentional about what messages my child is receiving from me. So good. And we find that when parents uh, become intentional about that, yeah, there's there's inner work that needs to be done, and it's important. Um, but you know, I don't have time for therapy right now. I've got a child who's struggling, and I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Our answer to parents is, um, yeah, start doing the inner work, but but. Um, Go after a new set of goals, the goal of communicating new messages to your kids. And what messages would those be? Parents are well-intended about the messages they want their kids to grow up believing. They just aren't thoughtful about that when times are difficult. And so if you could fill in this blank, like knowing that my child, when they get to be 18, can leave if they want. You know, a lot more kids are sticking around for a while now. But um Uh, certainly by the time they're ready to leave my home, I want them to believe some certain things. Yes, I want them to behave in certain ways and value certain things, but what do I want them to believe about who they are? Child, you are what? And we do this work with parents and the list gets long. You're loved, Mm -hmm. you matter, you're important, uh, what matters to you is as important as what matters to me. Uh, you're, uh, you're You're able, you're... Uh, Ephesians 1 is a great scripture passage that we point parents to where here's the Apostle Paul speaking to his spiritual children. Mm -hmm. 
and and his spiritual children to, to them he says you are you're an heir yeah. you're, you're beloved redeemed. You're, you're redeemed mm-hmm. you're you're uh, you've been rescued you you're my child i love you all that stuff and as we can hang on to that for ourselves then we can begin to pass that on to um, to our children. So if I know that I am fully loved and complete in, in Christ, then I don't have to turn and depend on my child for that. Mm. We teach, we teach parents a simple way of saying, my child is not my report card. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. (laughs) Jesus is my report card. And that helped us through an awful lot as parents Mm -hmm. to not come with that, that neediness, um, Mm -hmm. but to come with different beliefs. You know, it's like, Uh, this moment in time does not define me and my child. They could be struggling for a reason I don't know. As I love them unconditionally over time, that's going to make a difference. So those kind of beliefs can set us up to be able to communicate the kind of messages that we really want to for our kids, like you are loved unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And and I'm strong enough in the Lord that my self-esteem doesn't rise and fall with your every eye roll or, you know, loud exhale towards me. <laughs> so that's so that's- key. What you're saying is so key. And I think even for for those of us who really feel like we understand this cognitively, in the heat of the moment in a situation like that, it's sometimes underneath the reactions that have become automatic habits. And I think breaking that down and evaluating maybe those times yeah. where we do fail, breaking it down later and saying, you know, what was my belief that was driving that interaction? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because we're so hard on ourselves after the fact that it didn't go as we'd planned or we get hurt feelings. And really taking that apart to, um, you know, our spouse, our friends, or um, mm-hmm. spending time with God about that. It doesn't mean that if we mess up that there's not hope, right? right. Because we can even set these ahead of time and still mess up. Right. Because oh, I sure. do it every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so when it doesn't go like we want and we mess up and we get a little, you know, angsty or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, to then just be trans, it's an opportunity for transparency with our kids. It's like, you know, I was getting a little angsty with that. And, you know, I, we can connect mm-hmm. later. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, glad you're home and moving on. And that demonstrates to our kids a sense of security when we can regroup and um, move on and not, you know, walk away from them whimpering with our tail hanging between our legs. Right. So to try to simplify this, because again, we're talking about really deep things and people Mm -hmm. write volumes and volumes of books about grownups, self-esteem and all of our issues and all of our things. And (laughs) people go to therapy and spiritual directors. And I mean, that's all good stuff and it's important stuff. But at the core, what we invite parents to to embrace as a new set of intentions for when things get haywire is um, is to build on a new sense of identity. You are messages that are consistent with God's truth, with God's word, um, uh, in a way that both I can learn to be a receiver of those messages, but then I can spill them out to the people around me. So if I'm with a, um, you know, a struggling or, or a defiant or a, a teenager who's not acting the way I want, and it's been going the way this has been going, um, we've narrowed to four a set of you are messages that have just been really helpful for parents to make in to be intentional about. Mm-hmm. And the messages simply stated are, um, child, you're safe with me. I'm for you, not against you. Um, Child, you're loved, no matter what, is the second message. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's nothing you can do or there's no way you can act right now that's going to cost you um, my love for you or God's even greater love for you. Because I might just blow it, but this isn't even about my love. It's about God's. You're you're safe with me and you're loved. Those we call um, a nest of grace. It's our job as parents to be intentional to build a nest of grace in which our kids believe they're safe in our care and that they are loved no matter mm-hmm. what. And then love from that. those messages, we build out into more of the messages of accountability, which are you're called and capable. You're God's workmanship built to do good work that, that God built in advance or that God prepared in advance that you would do that stuff. You have a purpose um, and you are responsible for what you do with um, all of the truth about you and you are responsible to make right what you've made wrong. So when we take these four messages and get intentional about them at times like the one we just role played, um, 
we we tend to find that parents are much more satisfied with how they parent, even if the kids don't respond the way they want them to. Um, the parents themselves are feeling like, okay, I did what I could, and I understand my child isn't ready to learn, or or that I understand they don't feel safe with me yet, and that I got some work to do there. But it's not about getting my kid to do this, that, or the other thing. It's about mm. working hard to make sure that the messages that matter to me are landing. Mm. And we have to decide what those messages are before we can be intentional at relaying them. There it is. And that's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. 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 And the messages may be, you know, slightly different for, um, you know, a different child or different ones might be more important. But these four messages, as we've worked with parents over the last 20, 25 years, have really been cornerstones um, for guiding parents to build the kind of identity in their kids that, that prepares them for adulthood and particularly an adulthood of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been really rewarding to see the changes in families as goals have shifted from, I'm going to try to control my behavior, the behavior of my child right now, to I want to mentor my child in yes. the kind of belief that will prepare them for life. Yes. Well, I love that you're bringing that up because I think we as parents, if we can get to a place where we are called to serve our kids and not require them to meet our needs or to get feedback and have our reactions depend on their feedback, if we're just more um, fixed in our intention to um, prepare and mentor them, I think some of that emotional triggering can be alleviated is what I'm hearing you say. Yep. Absolutely, because yep. the emotional triggering is is triggered by what I believe about it. Right. If I believe that my child is inherently rejecting me and I'm not a good parent because of that, then I'm going to just really struggle. But if I believe my child is just, you know, going through what kids do and I can overcome that and continue to respond in love and over time that's going to land on them, mm-hmm. that, that belief brings me into the interaction with just a whole different um, tone and peacefulness and prepared to really communicate what I want to really communicate. Yeah, so there was one particular mom, she was sort of working on this idea that she could be okay even if her kids were struggling. (laughs) Um, But that was hard for her. And Mm -hmm. so she learned um, uh, through some coaching to kind of take a step back. And her strategy in that time was um, to to just pull on, she, she put a little hand lotion thing in her pocket and she would just pull it out and she would, when, when things got tense between her and her kids, she would rub her hands and she would start to breathe. And over time, her kids kind of got used to this and it calmed them too. And, and you know, in her mind would, would rehearse kind of the truth phrases that she had been dwelling on uh, and to bring those into the hand rubbing uh, effort, then prepared her to be okay with her child and work through this uh, much more productively, constructively, and in a way that was more honoring to her daughter in terms of the messages that she communicated to her daughter in that time. Yeah. Well, and I I think having had a, a child all the way launched into his 20s, I made a lot of mistakes um, along the way. And I feel it's a sort of redemptive component to have some do-over time with my littler ones. Um, I also am older and have lived more life, so that helps always, too. <laughs> but it does, for sure. It, it really does. It gives you perspective, I think, to be able to say, okay, this is not a hill to die on right now. Yep. I know from experience yep. this won't go well if I do. But also to do have time to do some of that inner work. But what I was going to say is that... Um, Having a child that's older, I recognize how important it is to see that end goal in mind that I want a healthy, strong, respectable, um, mutually respective relationship with my adult child someday. Mm -hmm. And I get the opportunity to set the precedent now in the, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade as I, as I start preparing to go forward. And so sometimes, and you tell me, you know, maybe I'm looking for more help and I'm sure the people listening, those friends of ours who are joining us today are just hanging on your every word because I know I am. But um, just to be able to look at my 14-year-old daughter in that situation, if I can remember in the moment, to think to myself, you know, she is that 28-year-old first-time mom that I'm going to show up to her house and help her with her baby. And uh, I, what kind of reaction right now can I speak into 
that future mm-hmm. self of her um, where we're going to still have a good relationship and I will have been a mentor-like person in her life mm-hmm. all this time yeah. instead of, you know, being in that place where I just came home and I worked so hard for you today and you don't even want to say hi to me and I pay for that phone and I pay for the TV and you can't even you can't even stop what you're doing for a second and say hi to me. <laughs> like, who do you think you are? And don't you know how amazing I am that I gave birth to you and I sacrificed all this time for you and you can't even have respect for me and blah, blah, blah. You know, on it goes. <laughs> we need to bring Jackie on tour. Oh, my gosh. Right. I'm just That's saying, hilarious. but you know, I can, case, right? <laughs> I can talk a big cognitive story right now, but I will tell you, I dive into the plummets of the depths every yeah, single yeah. day. Uh, well, and, 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 and so do I just quick, Linda's raising her hand. She's like, pick me, pick me. But I do want to, <laughs> I do want to, uh, That's what happens when we both talk. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to just say, um, you know, so Lynn and I've been teaching this stuff for years since 1993, God gave us this little idea and a picture and we've been working with parents ever since. And um, our kids have joined along the way at various times to help us. And our our oldest son was in town. He lived in Kansas at the time. And we asked if he would come and critique one of our talks just for some little bit of input. And uh, the message that night that we were giving was the message about you are safe with me. And Lynn and I both talked, as you say, cognitively, eloquently to these parents about safety. (laughs) And and uh, and. and afterwards, our son had to go his way and we had to go ours. And I didn't get his feedback right away. And then uh, before we went back to that same church the next week, I was like, oh, I never got his feedback. I wonder. And I, I texted him and he sent me a big, long email. He'd written down a whole bunch of thoughts uh, in critique. And I read through it. And and toward the bottom, it's like, so I did find it interesting, Dad, that you were talking so much about safety um, in, in light of how snippy you've been with me when we've talked on the phone lately. <laughs> And I was like, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> right? And, 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 Keeping uh, it real. They keep exactly. us real. Yep. Well, so, so I texted him right back and I said, what did you mean about that not safe part? And he said, don't worry, Dad. Cosmically, I've learned that you're safe. <laughs> but in, in the moments, it's been a little trying for you lately. And I get oh. it. Because he knew, you know, he knew yeah. some of the things going on and whatever. But, you know, it's the, the fact that, that, I became intentional a long time ago, and we told our kids, this, this is the kind of parent we want to be. We're going to blow it, yeah. and uh, we want to be accountable to you for that. We want to be safe. We want to make sure you know you're loved. We want to make sure that we have an eye toward a vision for your capability, what God built you to do. And we want to do the best we can to remind you that you're responsible without taking over responsibility for your life. Oh, that is, that's a whole nother book right there. Yes, <laughs> and, and so... Anyway, you know, it, for me, these ideas weren't about uh, ideas that that put me in the perfect position to get it right. Mm-hmm. It was ideas that kept me accountable when I blew it. I knew it. If I didn't, the people around me knew it. And then they could invite me back to being the kind of dad I said I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And that intentionality uh, helped all of us immensely. And, uh, you know, my daughter similarly later on in a different in a different time and place, I just asked her what my greatest strength as a young dad was. And she said, Dad, you apologized well. Oh. <laughs> it's not what I was hoping she would say. Oh. But I thought about it. I thought, you know what, that's, that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. And these messages really are messages for relationships in general. You know, they apply to toddlers and they apply to teens and they apply to adult children and spouses um, or significant others or friends. Uh, we had someone come up to us just last week at a, at a gathering and she was so excited and she had kids in her 30s and she was so excited about the fact that these messages were transforming her relationship with them and she was guiding them to finally be able to resolve conflict with each other like she had never been able to do when they were younger. So it's really been fun to see how these messages of you're safe and loved with me and you are called capable and you're responsible that those messages can be transforming for any relationship they you know we've had people say boy you could build a church on these messages these principles so it has 
to see that element. Yeah. So do you want us to redo the skit in a little more four messages way? I would love that. I would love that. And as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, Lynn, this gives us a lot more compassion for our own parents too, because that can be a whole triggering thing as we're trying to maneuver the mud of parenting, you know, wanting that approval from our, from the grandparents in the scenario. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they have their own struggles that they went through raising us and um, mm-hmm. the principles can apply to giving grace there as well. So I love what you shared. So yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We've definitely had that experience as well. <laughs> Let's Sending go. the messages up a generation. Yep. Yes. Yes. Yep. Our parents did mostly the best they knew how, and we got a chance to help them learn a new level of grace. Yeah. Well, let's so, go back and have you show us how, um, how we can apply these messages to um, Lynn as she's uh, home from after school. That's what we'll do. And before we do, I just want to um, note that uh, parents often look to the way that, um, that we show them, as you say, uh, to be like the script for them to use. Um, that's not our goal here. We can't teach you the scripts. When when I have no idea how this is going to go, Lynn and I didn't rehearse this. You just set it up for us. I'm going to do the best I can to be loyal to these four messages, and I might even blow it, even in the context of a role play here. But but we invite whoever is listening to just pay attention. What do, what do I do as the dad to communicate a message to Lynn? You are safe. You are loved. You are called and capable. Uh, you are responsible. So... Um, I'll do the best I can, and then we'll just talk about that for a little bit. Okay. So Sounds same good. scenario. I'm coming home. I know I want to do this thing. I listen to this radio show with these people, and I, I want to try to, <laughs> I want to try to do these messages a little different. And I really am not sh- sure the best way, but I thought about it and prayed about it, and I, I put my phone away. And before I even go into Lynn, I take a deep breath and I say, Lord, just give me. A, a, a new set of intentions for how this goes and help me to be okay even if Lynn doesn't go along just at first. Hey, hon. Uh, you, wow, you got a lot going on here. Texting and mm-hmm. TV and that's some that's a high-powered brain cooking here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the middle of some stuff. Can I rub your back just a little bit? <sighs> sure. Okay. How's your day? Um, it's all right. Why? I'm kind of distracting you from stuff, aren't I? Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you keep track of it all anyway? Uh, I'm just really that amazing. <laughs> I think that's true about you actually. And I, I, <sighs> another deep breath. Cause I'm getting a little mad. This isn't going as quick as I thought it might, but, um, um, I'm just looking for something to, to tell Lynn she's capable here. Yeah, you you seem to be juggling a ton of stuff. How how many people can you text at once? <laughs> well, it depends on how many put on the text string, but I do go back and forth pretty well. Yeah, you're good at that. You know what? Could I ever get on that string? I take my phone out of my pocket and I start to send my daughter a text. <sighs> sure, Dad. Mm. I don't know other dads that text their daughters, but whatever. Well... <laughs> My trying may be a little too hard today, hon. <laughs> well, you're kind of cute, actually, but I'm kind of busy. Yeah. Okay, well, um, send me a text when you're ready to not be quite so busy, and I'd love to text you back. Okay. I love you, hon. Yeah, Dad. Good to see you. Yep. Wow, she was tough, wasn't she? <laughs> I never want She's to be too a tough easy. nut to crack. Goodness. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, parents uh, want yeah. to be like, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, if we often do scaling work with parents where zero is your child gives you no connection whatsoever. There's nothing in your relationship with them at any time for any reason. And 10 is, right. you know, we have a little glitch here and there, but we probably have as good a connection as a parent and a child could, could get, mm-hmm. you know, parents often will rate themselves low on a scale like that. And, and then, but they've got desires to be really high on the scale and they want to go for it all at once. Um, the question oh, we invite so parents true. to think, the question we invite parents to think about is not, if you're a three, how do you get to a seven? The question is, is, well, what would be a thing or two you could do to get from a three to a three and a half? <laughs> and in my heart, you went definitely from a three to a five. I wasn't really communicating that very uh, affectionately, but I was no longer irritated by what you were doing. I thought you were a little cute. 
Um, <laughs> and so I said that. And um, so I, I, I played it as I felt it. Yeah. But I, I definitely was a little entertained by you on the second one. And the first <laughs> one, I was irritated by you. So let's ask this question. This is what we do with parents all the time. Um, what did you notice there that I did to communicate to Lynn, you are safe with me? Well, I, there was physical touch that I think is so powerful and underestimated. It's also, yeah, it's also you are loved. And mm-hmm. it was just a little bit. I put my hand on her shoulder. Literally, even in our in our in in the confines of our home office, mm-hmm. she bristled a little bit. <laughs> I could tell that that was all she was going to let me do was just kind of give her a little deep pressure between the shoulder blades. And she wasn't even crazy about that, but she allowed it for a little bit. Right. You acknowledged and validated what was important to her and what she was doing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of both the safe and love thing as well. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that he, he didn't come in sort of charging in with needs, which felt safe to me. It was like, you know, you stopped and you took a breath and, you know, you kind of entered in a lot more relaxed way mm-hmm. instead of with this intensity of, you know, the, the giant sucking sound sort of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to respond. And so you just sort of came yeah. in relaxed and lighthearted. And that felt safe to me. I didn't even know you noticed that I breathed. So then... <laughs> <laughs> yep. I also noticed that you were willing to enter her world, but you asked permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good safe with me um, way to respond to kids. Yeah. And, and then there was I a do- lot of praise. There was a lot of praise, too. You're amazing. Like you can multitask. You're. Yeah. And that's so you're getting ahead of the question. But that's right. The, the, so the question, what did I do to communicate? Hey, you're capable. You can do stuff. You you're actually a pretty skilled young lady here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking for that. And I and I'm especially with the kids who are who are like who doesn't like to be complimented. <laughs> If, if it's a sincere compliment, right. if oh, they feel patronized, sincere. and there are some kids who will say, you know, it feels like when you say that stuff, you're just saying it because you need me to be happy about what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, well, so there is that dynamic and we got to be aware. And there's where discernment with the Lord and kind of testing and trying. And that, I mean, that was even why I said in the context of the skit, so I'm kind of trying a little hard, aren't I? <laughs> well, and just calling it like it is. I think I think especially teenagers love that because they have yep. this meter that senses fakeness like a zillion miles away. And if they yep. even detect that at all, they just shut down. They're like, I'm right, not going right. there, right? And so, so that little, uh, you know, authentic sort of self-deprecating joke was very endearing. That's when I shifted from <laughs> from thinking he was still a little irritating to he was really pretty cute mm-hmm. um, in his effort. And um, that's such a, you know, it's it, it's it's such a uh, you are safe with me message. You know, mm-hmm. when you feel things going awry, when all else fails, go back to being safe. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then you are responsible for your actions. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for me, in a, in a scenario like that, I was very conscious of it. It was simply, how do you want this to go? W- how would you like this to play out right now? Uh, and inviting kids' ownership in that process. Mm-hmm. and Collaboration. Some mm-hmm. Yep, working together as a team on it. I mean, it was clear that I wanted it to go a certain way, and then I asked for permission around texting later, but I gave her the responsibility to sort of set the boundaries around that. And especially with teenagers, all these things are so important because – um, you know, we've lived a life of getting what we want from our kids in our way without thought for what messages they may have been learning along the way. Right. And, and it could be we've we've got to help them uh, as well as ourselves learn a new way of go, of doing this life. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be a little bit at a time. And that's where going from three to three and a half is more realistic in expectation. Yep. Okay. If they've learned a certain way of how you interact with them and you change it up, they're going to they're going to be like, uh, what just happened? Like, that was yeah. weird. They're being all into me. <laughs> yeah, <know>? right. <laughs> and, uh, but, but I think they'll find it refreshing at the same time. I, Jim and Lynn, I'm so thankful for this role play. I think the role play component really helps so very much. And I love that about your book and your course. And you have so many examples that are just so tangible and it helps it draw us in and helps us see ourselves in what you're doing. Um, and I want you to share that with us so much. But before you do, I have one other question that I've been dying to ask you since I have this opportunity to talk to you. Uh-huh. And, and that is, that is, you know, with four kids, it is my greatest heart's desire for them to be friends. And um, while 
I think my kids are pretty good friends. I see a lot of interaction between them where they could actually follow, by my example, these messages of you are safe, you are loved, you're capable, you're responsible. How can this um, be something that I can encourage them to apply with one another so that they can um, become adult friends um, without jockeying for position inside the family and, you know, trying to, I see a lot in my house of trying to show, you know, one kid trying to show their sibling that, well, I'm one up on you. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. trying to display worth. And then of course there's res- resistance just like in our relationship with them. And I know that's a whole nother, maybe that's a whole nother podcast for another day. I was day. just going to say, <laughs> well, join us actually, next week. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be talking about sibling relationships. <laughs> I just we thought actually, if you, if you might want to touch on that just for a couple minutes because I know that there are families, this is pulling families apart and breaking parents' hearts um, as their kids are just not, are disrespecting one another, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Well, and we do have a whole online course about sibling conflict because it is such an important thing. And we do address it in, um, to a certain extent in both, in all the discipline that connects materials. Um, But as we really consciously model these four messages to our kids, even talking about them, and then looking for little opportunities in which our kids might do them for each other, and then being very objective and um, thoughtful about how we affirm that. Mm -hmm. You know, I noticed when you shared your toy with so-and-so, or when you uh, volunteered to help your sibling with their chore, that just seemed to lighten the load for that for your sibling. And and that was really cool. You know, you just really showed them some unconditional love in that situation. And that's going to be a blessing to both of you in the long run. So, I mean, that's just a quick example. It makes a big difference how old the kids are, but modeling it ourselves, talking about the value of relationships filled with these messages, and then looking for little ways that we can encourage and affirm our kids in those um, as well. That's really helpful. I love that. We do have um, in the Discipline That Connects book and course, we start to address um, or the, the book specifically, the uh, something we call the peace process of guiding kids in conflict resolution, kind of roughly along these four steps. Yeah. And it's been transformative for, for mm. families. Yeah, what parents tend to do when their kids conflict is they want to make it stop. So you go to your room, don't come out till you can say you're sorry. Oh, uh, stop that, so it's not true. okay. Yes. Stop. Uh, if you're not respectful, you're going to lose that toy, you know, and we go right into the make it quit right away sort of mode. And um, kids may learn, especially as young kids, okay, if we don't want mom or dad to get upset with us, we got to do what they say. And if we don't want to lose the toy, we got to do it this. But that's not internal motivation. That's external motivation. Um, so some diligence toward this peace process that Lynn alludes to that we spend a lot of time to teach parents about. It's like, okay, how do we how do we model calming for our kids and then lead them into calming? How do we model understanding mm. one another for our kids? And how do we then guide them into understanding one another and helping them learn how to do that? Mm-hmm. Then once, they're do- once they understand each other, then how do we guide them into taking ownership for the solutions that they want to make around this conflict um, and, and providing the, the, the leadership and the guidance for that? And then even if it's just going from a three to a three and a half on the scale again, mm-hmm. how do we celebrate what went, you know, what, the growth, the progress, yeah. the little bit that went. And then we just keep re- recycling it over and over again and and modeling it when we're in conflict with each other and modeling it when we're in conflict with, with the kids. And we just had a mom email us who learned this peace process with her, with her kids and was doing it with her husband and they were trying to sort it all out together. And the three-year-old little guy um, bopped the five-year-old and was mad. And the dad came in and he was mad at the three-year-old and you can't treat her, your sister that way. And you need to take a time out. And the five-year-old daughter said, dad, no, let him do the peace process with me, please. (laughs) Oh, I love it. (laughs) And so, you know, there's the younger kids with the older kids. Of course, it takes a little more thoughtfulness and time and and attention, but, but these principles bear fruit if we just stick to it over and over again and we and we we receive God's grace as God does this with us and for us and through us and then just little by little we model it and put words to it for our kids. We give it and encourage them to give it. Okay, so I am publicly telling you that I'm going to stop 
uh, saying to my kids, you all need to get along because I am not going to be a grandma to all your, all my grandchildren and you're going to refuse to come to Thanksgiving dinner because your sister's going to be there because you can't get along and we're going to be a happy family and you're going to love each other and that's what we are about, you know. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to yeah. get off my soapbox and stop with uh, that. Well, what we would suggest <gasps> is that you, you can do that a little bit here and there, Jackie, because it's clear who that's who you are. But oh. it'll carry a lot more weight if you're doing this hard work around process with yeah. your kids over time. And yeah. I think you know that. And um, it is hard work. And that's what I want all of us to realize and give ourselves permission to know this is not an easy picnic it's not a rodeo this is the real thing and yep. it is our kids really i think are going to be who we are instead of who we tell them to be and that's a painful process of growth within ourselves but it's it's work that really is sustainable and long term instead yep. of short term um, like you talk about behavior management so please 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 walk us through i would love it if you would give us a little sneak peak idea of your online course because uh, I have been in it and it's wonderful for not only moms but dads too or couples together. I'd love if you'd explain how it's laid out yeah. and what it's like because um, I think it can take us, it's a tool that can help us on this journey and I'm so excited about it. Yeah, well, first of all, the book and the online course are tools that we've developed because, yes, parenting is difficult, but sometimes there's a lot of overthinking that goes into it, and that overthinking is about method. Mm -hmm. And so both our book and our course steep participants in uh, an idea of what these four messages um, look like, uh, acted, up, acted upon, and, and we just revisit them over and over and over again. Um, the distinctiveness of the course uh, we were just talking about this today. Like, why did we do a course when we wrote a book? Well, the the course gives people an insider glimpse into Lynn and me and our relationship and our life and the mm -hmm. things that move us and the things that um, frustrate us a little bit and <laughs> things that, that, that bring us to tears. We did, it's not a finely, precisely edited piece and you get the real, you get the real the thing. Real and, deal. And it's, yep. it's, the, it's the best we could do to go life on life with Love people. It. And you do a and, lot of role playing in there. Right. And we've even added, in for our fall update of it, we've even added more role-playing to it because the parents love that. We love have some real-life parenting videos um, of parents, a parent with a child, and you know, just some fun additions as well. The, the book is more like a little encyclopedia where you can flip to your problem and find um, some guidance based on these four messages, um, uh, you know, as compared to the course is a, a really fun way to do it interacting with other people as yeah. well. We built it to be a community experience as well. So the, the logistics of it are it's a six session course. Each session takes, you know, 45 minutes to an hour or so. You start it, it might run for a few minutes and then there'll be a reflection question. You'll stop it. Mm -hmm. You'll have a chance to, to, to participate with the community of people around the world who are taking this course at any given time, three to 500 people, we hope, or more are, are taking this course and, and, and interacting with each other. Um, you don't have to interact with each other if you don't want, but you still can get to see what other people are saying and how they're engaging with the questions. Uh, and then at the end of each session, which stops probably what three or four or even five times sometimes. So you go for mm -hmm. five to eight minutes at a time. You stop, you reflect, you start, you go, you stop, you reflect. You can do it with a small group. You can do it with just a couple of you. Some people do it alone. And you've included a workbook for there's those of us who like to take notes or like yep, to write down things. There's a workbook that you download to follow along. And then at the end of each session is some homework. And we invite people not to come back to do the next session until they've done the homework. Right. Because because we're going to build off of that homework for the next. And it's not some big, like, you don't have to write an essay or anything. But it's, <laughs> Heavens no. You know, it's, well, it's okay. time to reflect and chew on the right. message and process it as it applies to your own life. And yeah. I just found it so, so great. So well, great. We're, we're glad that you did. And we're, uh, we're, we're pretty humbled by how God is using this <sighs> to, uh, to, to, I mean, the reports we're getting from parents aren't just... Hey, that was a cool course. It was like, oh my goodness. We're different. We're different. And Jesus shows up in our home more often than we ever imagined. And it's spiritual conversations with our kids felt so forced and now they're so natural. Mm -hmm. You know, stuff like that repeatedly. And so 
we make it available. There's a there's a um, there's a suggested donation for ninety five dollars, but we invite people to pay whatever if, they, if that's too much, if that's too steep, uh, pay what you can. We just want you to have the course and know that it's very expensive mm-hmm. to produce it. And, <laughs> right. And, uh, to the degree that you can help us cover those costs, that's great. But we've trusted the Lord for money for uh, since nineteen ninety, raising support in our ministry and. Um, always provided for. So, Well, and I would like to encourage anyone who's considering needing that extra, you know, there's something to be said for going through something in community to be able to have feedback. And, you know, video is so great because in, a, in an online course like that, you, we can really connect with you and we can see your mannerisms and your expressions <laughs> and really... No, but in a in such a helpful yeah. way because you know a book is wonderful, but there's nothing like face to face video for connection and feeling like you're included, and yeah. then to have comments in that space. And beyond that, I would really encourage. It's so gracious of you to be able to allow people to pay what they can. But I would like to challenge. Um, anyone who's listening, if you actually put your hard-earned money on something and you have saved for it and you sacrificed to do it and you, you know, put down what you feel like really is a stretch for you, I really think in that space, we're more committed. We have more skin mm-hmm. in the game. We yep. show up like it's official. We're in. I'm going to do my module because I paid for it and I'm in this. And, you know, it's, it's awesome to do as a couple because it would lead to a lot of really foundational belief changes and getting on the same page It'll spark a lot of conversations. And I, I just I would like to encourage people to prayerfully consider a sacrificial amount that you could pay because mm-hmm. I think the, the more skin in the game, the more committed you'll be to it and yeah. you'll get more out of it in the end. So, Well, thank you, Jackie. And mm-hmm. that's, I mean, we, we raise money to make all this work and we might hire you to raise <laughs> funds for us too. No. Well, hey, you know, I, I, anything to get to talk to you all, I am super blessed and super thankful. And I know anyone listening will be, and I'll be putting a link how you can, can get connected to sign up for the course. And you do it periodically throughout the year, several different yeah. sessions. Yep, we, yep. We're, we're talking about doing it twice next year. We're not well, 100% sure we might do it more than that, but twice is the plan right now. Okay, sounds great. All right, well, my deepest thanks for your time and your wisdom and your insight and for the work you're doing. I just can't be more thankful. Mm. Oh, well, it was very fun. We just appreciated connecting with you. Yeah, it could, uh, a good ESFJ friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, have an awesome day. Thanks so much. All right, Jackie. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Blessings. Well, that's all for this episode. I truly am so very grateful for what Jim and Lynn are doing to help equip us as parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, whatever kids we have in our life. Who doesn't want to connect more with our kids and to influence them and help train them up and discipline them in a way that connects us more to their heart? And I'm so thankful for the approach that they have. And I'm thrilled to tell you that we are able, due to the generosity of Jim and Lynn's publisher, we're able to do a book giveaway today. So if you would like to win a copy of Jim and Lynn's new book called Discipline That Connects with Your Child's Heart, all you have to do is get out your mobile device, which for most of us is our cell phone, and you're going to text to the number 33444 and you enter the word episode 101. So again, in the in the place where you would send a text to someone, the number you enter is 33444. And in the area where you would write your message, you're going to write the word episode 101. And you send that text. And then what I'll do is I'll add you to be entered to the book giveaway. And I'm also going to send you a free PDF that has the graphic of Jim and Lynn's four actions and four messages telling our kids you are safe, that you are loved, that you are God's workmanship, that you are responsible. And this is such a graphic, a great graphic to have on hand. You can print it out. It's um, my gift to you. It has the link that you can check out their course. Um, and so if you want to enroll in Jim and Lynn's course, which I highly recommend, I have been able to be in there and see what it's all about. And I plan on going through that material with my husband, myself personally. Jim and Lynn open this up twice a year. This course is going to be closing at the end of October 17th. 
2016. So if you're listening to this in the future, you might want to still go to the link because uh, Jim and Lynn do this twice a year and they open it up in the spring and the fall. And so um, you can always check out their website and see when the next time it's going to be open. But if you're listening to this at the time that this podcast episode airs, you have a few days to make a decision. And remember, Jim and Lynn are so generous to allow us to pay what we can. They just believe in this message so very much. And I just love their heart of generosity that they have. And so I would highly encourage you to check out their course. You can go to JackieWatkins.com forward slash discipline that connects, and it will take you right to the sign up page where you can see all the information about the course and check it out. I hope that you will join me and um, do an investment in our parenting. I think we try so much to do what it is that we can. And our intentions, like we talked about with Jim and Lynn today, our intentions are so good. But how are those intentions landing on our children? And sometimes there's a huge gap there. And Jim and Lynn are here to help walk us through that and give us some tools and equip us and help us be more intentional with the message messages and the actions that we're sending with our kids. And I can't be more thankful. I hope this episode finds you whatever muddy place that you're in today. I hope you know that you are so very loved, that there is always hope that God is redeeming all things, no matter what, even though it seems like you might feel so alone and so just in despair today, I want you to know I want to be that friend that comes alongside you and helps you up and pulls you up and helps you refocus and know that no matter what, no matter what you've done, no matter what you will do, no matter what you've failed to do, there's a God who loves you so very much and you are never, ever alone. Have a beautiful day.